you're listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. My name is Andrew Jacobs. Welcome. Hello everyone and welcome to this episode, the flexible job design one of the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Firstly, thank you to everyone who sent a a message to us last week with our return. Your comments are very much appreciated. We promised you some great podcasts in this series, and this one is an absolute cracker. It's also a bit of an e-learning network takeover, with two of their directors in this session. Our first guest is Asli Deria, an experienced L&D lead with an extensive knowledge of learning design and digital learning. Asley has been working in L&D for the past eight years with in-house L&D teams in a number of industries and roles before landing on the digital learning space. Asley is currently the Learning Design Director at Imperial College Business School. Our second guest is Gemma Wells. Gemma is a learning designer for the Opportunity Group. She has 10 years of experience in L&D and is self-taught in the area of digital learning. Gemma has experience in both facilitating training courses, designing training materials and working with digital learning tools. Gemma has mainly worked in the the regulated environments dealing with compliance training but has now moved into the world of apprenticeships and looking at ways how we can help people achieve lifelong learning. As I said, both Asley and Gemma are on the board of the ELN, something that supports both their commitment to supporting and sharing knowledge. This is an awesome conversation. This is Women Talking About Learning. This is Asley and Gemma talking about flexible job design. Hi, Gemma. Hi, Asley. You okay? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Brilliant. Um, Well, I guess um, talking about flexible job design or any topic, first thing to cover is what is it, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's start from there um our take on flexible job design and what it means to us um do you want to kick us off yeah i'd love to um so yeah i read the title and i thought hmm this could be taken in quite a few different contexts but to me i think the thing that i latched onto the most is just how times have changed so considerably and not just because of covid but i think flexible job design to me means that you can literally work anywhere however you see fit and it's just being so fluid in how you do things. And I don't think we're there yet. I think we're a long way off the true flexible working sort of ways of thinking. But that that was where my sort of gut instinct took me when I read that title. I think yours was slightly different, though, wasn't it? It was. It was actually for, for me when I first thought about the term, I actually had a different take on it. Um, it might be because of my studies and the conversation around career paths I was having at the time. And I thought flexible job design would relate to things like how people can have different career pathways in their lifetime and how different things are to our parents' generation, like job for life, it doesn't ex- exist anymore. Um, so yeah, I was kind of thinking along the lines of that. Um, 
and you might actually have one job title, uh, but actually focusing on different types of projects that interest you um, and how you can vary the work you're doing and be a different part of different types of work and not be stuck in a rut, so to speak. But of course, then I when I reflected on and did a bit of Googling, I guess. Uh, <laughs> Good old Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good old Google. Uh, Realise actually it's basically what we commonly uh, refer as flexible working. Um, and it's interesting because when I was talking about flexible working and how it's defined by different people differently, um, I had a colleague once who said, um, you know, what, what is your take on flexible working? And it's like, I explained my understanding and she was like, you know what, actually many people don't think of it that way uh, because they often associate it with um, flex the, the flexible job design with part-time working or job share. And it's not just that, um, it's about flexing the time you work, as you mentioned, the day you work, uh, the, the time of the day you work, where you work and uh, to fit around your life needs. Um, yeah. But yeah, I guess it's that was my sort of, two sides of the coin but I guess you know it, it relates it relates yeah I think it does and I think I think it's a strange one really because when when I first started in sort of the L&D world oh god 10 years ago now if not more it was very rigid and it was very much like I was a facilitator that's how I started and it was very much everything's done in the classroom face to face you see everybody you, at this point in, in the day this is when you're going to be training and I think as I've gone through my career in the L&D world and it, it's taken many turns and I've ended up where I am now the flexibility is it's just amazing I mean I've come from fighting to be able to just work one day at home because I'm a working mom I, you know I don't hide from that fact but just because I'm a working mum doesn't mean that I don't have career aspirations and I don't want to excel in my work. But I also don't want to spend time, massive amount of time away from my children because, you know, I had children for a reason. It wasn't to just dump them on my grandparents and think, oh, you know, take a step back. I want a career. I think in this day and age now, as women, we should be able to have both. So that flexibility for me is it's massive. And I think especially with the roles that I've recently changed roles and looking for jobs I felt really sort of pigeonholed in what I could look at because all the sort of really amazing sounding jobs were all sort of in London and I don't want to be traveling to London two three times a week I've got three children at home I don't want to have to leave them behind and, and work that way but then I came across where I work now and they're just fully remote I work with people now that are based in the northeast, in the Midlands. I'm in the northwest. I mean, I even work with somebody who is based in the south of France. So that just shows how easy it is to be able to put that flexible mm. piece in. But then going back to what you you referred to as your sort of thinking around the flexible sort of way that we work and the, the job sort of spec as well you, you can literally do anything anywhere anytime but it, it's all about upskilling yourself and being able to upskill yourself as well in in that flexibility and I love it I really do love that that's the way it's going but I still think there's so much more can be done yeah yeah definitely and I think it, it's an interesting point you made that is often assumed in the past that uh, the working from home or flexible working is for women only applicable to women but actually I read somewhere it was a pre-covid uh, world uh, <laughs> study that the, the two-thirds of people who work mainly from home actually in the UK were actually men 
Yeah. Um, so it's clearly not all about mothers or women only. It, it yeah. impacts um, a lot of people. Um, so should we, um, as you referred to it before, should we talk about the, the elephant in the room, COVID, the pandemic that changed everything and yeah. had a massive impact on flexible working as well? Yeah, I mean, pre-COVID, like I said, I literally would have to fight to get a day from home. Um, just because sometimes working from home, you can get in your own space and you can, you can I find I get a lot done when I'm at home because I can I can get a good pattern. I mean, I, I, elements of it, I do miss being in an office and having that interaction with people. But I think with technology that we've got now, I mean, look at us, you know, we're, we're talking over a different medium and it still feels like there's an interaction there and, you know, you've not lost it in, in any way. But pre-COVID, it was a battle to be able to get anything then. COVID almost forced businesses' hands to, to create this work for a moment. I read something quite interesting um, online the other day. I think it was on the CIPD who had done a study. Mm -hmm. And apparently one in three companies compared to one in 30 pre-COVID anticipated making half of more than half of their workforce remote. Oh, wow. So that just shows that the whole sort of job role and the ability to be able to flex where you hire people and open up that talent pool is it's on the forefront of a lot of businesses minds because before you just sort of think your talent pool was in the area that your business sits so in London in Manchester in Liverpool but now I think it kind of widens the net and you can get talent from all over the country all over the world in some elements yeah yeah 100 I think the pandemic has shown that flexibility can be unlocked in many, many more jobs than previously thought in many different ways. And it accelerated a lot in terms of the employer views on uh, working from home, particularly. Um, but there has been, I guess, some good, some bad examples. For instance, I know businesses that allow full flexibility for their workers and also increased um, parental leave allowances um, and paid parental leave allowances for homeschooling. I also know friends who would need to log on 9 a.m. sharp and they could only get 30 minute lunch break and log off at 5 p.m. And it was all very closely monitored because, you know, if you're not in front of me, I don't know what you do. Um, and I guess those are the businesses you will lose in the long term unless they change their way of doing things can you imagine in the winter you wake up it's dark you work 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 and you log off at 5 p.m it's dark and you lost the whole daylight and haven't even left your desk almost all day and this is without having yeah. to deal with anything else like kids the chores parents and caring responsibilities your whole mental health would be massively impacted so yeah Literally. I think businesses who got this wrong will have a limited shelf life or they will eventually learn how they need to adapt. Yeah, because then that's a big thing, isn't it? They're going to have to. I think in order to survive in this in this new world, as we're calling it, there, there is that huge piece around adapting. I mean, not not just the businesses, us ourselves adapting to this new way of working. Because as, as you touched on there, health and well-being. I mean, it's easy to to have a health and well-being practice within your business, but it's how, how do you adapt and make that more fluid for people that are working from home because as you, as you quite rightly say I'm sat in my living room currently I, I can move into the kitchen and you know go make a drink but I think there's an element of having that trust there so that you know your workforce could take half an hour out of their day to go and walk around the block have a bit of fresh air 
run the children to school in the morning because there's not that rigid start time as, as you touched on so I think workforces need to get better at thinking that there's not it's not a typical nine to five world anymore and and have that fluidity there yeah, and I think it needs to be driven by the leadership as well, because one of the examples I saw was that in one of the um, firms that the very highest level, the CEO sent a message during the winter months saying, I am blocking 12 to 2 every day on my calendar to, you know, no meetings, no nothing, um, to have proper lunch, to go for a walk and all that. I will flex my time around that uh, but I suggest you do the same because it's very important you don't sit in front of your screen mm. all day and that was you know it's, it's showing great leadership and I guess thinking about what you said at the beginning um, in terms of uh, where you started your career and it was all face to face and everything I, I guess I was very lucky personally um, in my LND career because Everywhere I worked, it was flexible. Working was always on the table. And mm. um, so COVID didn't necessarily become a big revelation in terms of that, my personal experience. But I suppose on reflection, it prompted employers to be more involved in how good your setup at home was because you know suddenly we started talking about kit that you know do you have the right wi-fi do you have the right seat do you have a table you know wh wh how do you work because again you might be having your own house in your own space but you might be having a house share in London yeah, so you just no. have a room what do you do in that um so it really um, made employers think about your setup the technology um things which Again, I think is a very, when you think about flexible job design, these are components of it. Um, because one thing to say, yes, you can work from wherever you can, but the other thing is to give the tools and technology to enable that productivity. Um, yeah. So it's, you know, I, I, my employer can say, yeah, you can work from home, but if it's taking like four hours to download a document from a shared drive, <laughs> I fall behind, I get frustrated, I get demotivated yeah. and no one benefits from that really. So, yeah, in that sense, I think I've been very lucky, but I am also fully aware that not everyone um, comes from a, a, that perspective and I fully respect. And also, I guess we are very lucky that we were able to work from home because yeah. there has been many people who still they had to physically go to work. Yeah, exactly. And it, it's it's strange, isn't it? Because I think I think we will see a massive influx of changes across businesses that perhaps even the ones that, that didn't have the ability to work from home during this this whole strange time that we found ourselves in and I, I think I think it's definitely some of the bigger bigger businesses I think it's opened their eyes to see what can be done but as we said at the start there's still so much more that that can be looked at and I think I think there's still an element of them looking at it very cut and chase it you know you either when you're flexible working you're either working from home or in the office or a mixture of the two and I don't think it's as cut and chase as that in my head anyway personally I don't feel it is as cut as chase as that because I think they're still sticking to that rigidity of us working nine till five and us having set break times and you know yeah you have meetings at these times and, and I think that there is still a lot to be done in in that space and to start looking at it from a, a health and well-being perspective as well I think it, it's all good that a lot of businesses are starting to incorporate mental health first aiders into their their sort of workspace and I know the company that I, I last worked at, they were really big on the, the mental health first aiders and they really promote it. And I know they've done a lot of work 
sort of setting up um, lunchtime cafes, like wellness cafes, I think they called them, which I think it's a really nice thing to sort of have there for people. It's not mandatory. It's not something that you're forced into doing, but it's there if you want it. And I think that's an important thing that, that sort of companies and leaders need to start looking at, just giving options to people and, and making the choice almost theirs in a way so that they kind of buy into it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I think... Um, another thing in my mind that the pandemic highlighted was more around gender inequality issues um it's often quoted by invisible woman uh caroline perez highlights time and time again women take on the majority of the unpaid care work um and with the schools closing we see women taking on even more in terms of the homeschooling the you know now you don't have the after school activities then you know what do you do with the kids after they finish doing uh the schoolwork? so you have a lot of a lot to take on um and then you add full-time work full-time caring responsibilities housework homeschooling all that entertaining the kids and before you know it i think um you got um something like four hours a day to sleep and self-care and I remember reading on women's equality party um, website that 97 percent of women who asked to be furloughed during the pandemic so that they could cope with the caring responsibilities was said no yeah Um, yeah yeah so I think and you know you mentioned that you you've got three kids and I'm sure they're all school age and you 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 had to go through quite a tough time during the winter yeah it was I mean to to be fair I am really lucky because um my husband also he appoints like everybody can see him but he's sat in the kitchen so he's been working from home um pretty much since March last year he's slowly starting to go back into the office a couple of days a week now so you know it's, it's getting the balance again like redressed but I was probably really lucky because um he was here and you know he could support in some elements of it but I think as women I think we shoulder that burden. I mean, I speak for myself. I'm sure there's other people out there listening, you know, that would would pick up on this. But you tend to shoulder all of that yourself. And you think that you're supposed to be the person that picks all of that up because history has wrote it that way. And, you know, as, as a woman, you do tend to think, right, I've got to do all this. I've got to work full time. I've got to make sure the kids are online doing the schoolwork. Um, I need to make sure my four-year-old isn't just sat in front of the TV all day and just sat watching all kinds of nonsense. I need to make sure she's got some form of interaction that takes her away from that. I need to also make sure we all get outside at some point in the day. So in my head in the morning, I'm going through this massive like list of things that I should be doing as a mother because that's, you know, the Instagram-friendly posts that you see of people making colourful spaghetti all day. You think, oh, my God, I'm not doing that. Does that make me a terrible? mother because I'm focusing on my job too much but we do we bully ourselves into thinking that that's the way we should be and we should be Mm -hmm. shouldering it all ourselves I mean I'm lucky because like my husband did take on quite a number of of tasks with the children and and, you know there was that balance but you see it day in day out people posting on social media just the stress that it caused and I'm not going to lie homeschooling was horrendous I I now know why I'm not a teacher because I would I know I have not got the patience for that in my life (laughs) but it is we, we do shoulder all that as women and we think that that's the persona we should be taking we should be everything to everyone and we we just find it hard to take that step back and have that flexibility going back to what we're talking about it we just don't have it yeah and yeah I think there's a lot of um conditioning there's a lot of um 
assumed roles that needs to be unearthed a bit more. Um, so past COVID, let's hope, you know, we are getting um, to the sunny <laughs> the tunnel. It's open. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, right now, the, the term I hear the most is hybrid working. Yes, this is what when I when I did my little research into this whole conversation, thinking about how I wanted to take it, that was the key phrase that was used everywhere. Yeah. What's your take on it? What what what's your feelings around um, the new terminology? I I'm a bit baffled because um, <laughs> when I think about hybrid working, I, I was reading, um, and. There's a definition is a work style that enables employees to blend working from different locations, home, on the go, or the office. Yes. So, and so basically, it's flexible working. So, I, I, I yeah. am just, um, I do not necessarily um, see the difference. What so it's is it a fad then you know you think about it um well <laughs> it's like gamification uh, all over again we're, we're <laughs> tagging stuff with these snazzy little names but in essence it is it's just flexible working why are we dressing it up to be something yeah. totally different yeah definitely and I think deep down it's a new fancy term for what it is yeah. um but I guess I buy the argument um from an employer perspective, rather, um, do we have to call it something else? That's aside. But I guess it takes into account things like, will my offices need? What, what will my offices need to look like? Yeah, do I need all this space. Um, what do I do with those who wants to be in the office full time versus those who want to come in two, three days a week? Um, so I guess in the future. Um, there will be more intent in employers thinking about how they structure their assets, whether they that they want to call that flexible working or hybrid working. <laughs> um, I, I genuinely do not see the difference, but I guess um, it, the consideration is going to be more around, okay, if we are living in this world, what does that mean from my work practices in terms of assets and technology enabling people um so yeah I think uh, that's where my view is on hybrid working what do you think yeah I'm probably in the same school of thought as you to be perfectly honest it, it is just a different term for something that's been around for time but I think I think you're right I think from an employer's perspective they've got to now start looking at things differently so right from the very off from the recruitment point of view they've got to start thinking about who they're bringing into the business are they going to start widening that net so they can start looking at people that you know not necessarily around the corner from the business so are they going to purely be remote working I know where like a few people that I sort of know quite well where they work they've had to adapt quite quickly and, and do that and and the way that they started their recruitment now is just literally that widening the net to the whole of the country and bringing people on from wherever but I think it it's one to think about but is it necessarily different to flexible working and I think I'm still stuck on that whole yeah it's just a fancy term for something that's already been in existence but it's just I think it's just from an employee's perspective it's something they need to start thinking and building into their sort of their plans for the future isn't it yeah and I think it is right to now what 
of course COVID did it sort of accelerated um, that magic potion so to speak you know it's it's brought this magic potion to be a truly agile business right it's basically how can you bottle this up and actually replicate it okay we don't want another pandemic but how do you actually carry this to become a truly agile agile business because there's a growing sense that businesses in such a VUCA world uh, mm. need to develop future fit skills and be agile and quickly adapting to the change and as a byproduct of all this we see more demand for flexible work practices um, and I guess going back to my original assumption uh, of what flexible job design means it's not just about where I work when I work but what work I do um, yeah. it's often mentioned you know millennials we are always at the you know middle <laughs> of every research um, and <laughs> a millennial on average will go on to have three different careers in their lifetime yeah Um, and I also read somewhere the other day that 92% of millennials specifically seek out jobs that offer flexible working Mm. um so I guess you know and you have all these different conversations with various colleagues about how do they view that they will be working um after this and there's a growing sense of being back to the office two two, three days a week Mm -hmm. um because as you mentioned at the very beginning be you know being in an office environment yes virtual working great got a lot of flexibility but you crave that human connection yeah um, because we're not meant to live like this permanently but we are not also meant to really let's just go back to what it was um so it's about implementing that change and making that transition um but it's also about giving people work that is meaningful to them um, because we can't just continue to see people as just like productivity machines you know you you, you do you come here you do a job it's, it's for machines that yeah 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 because people want to people still want to carve careers and, and like you touched on it, it isn't like it was when our parents were were working I mean I mean my dad worked in in the same job for for what 20 odd years and prior to that you know it was it, he'd been working since he was a teenager mm. and it, it's it, the jobs for life weren't they in in those days but now you, I mean even myself I mean, I'm touching 40 and I've had a, a fair few job roles I've gone through different scopes of role I mean at my start of my job sort of life I left university quite early because it wasn't for me and I started working in a nursery looking after other people's children so (laughs) that's like a million miles away from where I'm at now I mean I've got my own children now you can't give those ones back though like you could when I was nursing (laughs) you have to keep your own children nobody told me that (laughs) but it's true isn't it you do everybody these days you, you find out when you hire people I mean I saw somebody's um CV recently and they'd had like nine roles and they were still really young but I think that's because there is that flexibility going back to your first thought on this this title people want to flex and learn and upskill and reskill and and I think that's the world we're in now isn't it where you've got the ability to do that because technology is is so amazing now that you can do that yeah no that's definitely and you know when you look at the future in some you know companies we see examples like Spotify, and I think it was one of the 
speak for consulting firms as well, talking about enabling full mobility, yeah. um, work wherever you like, whenever you like, as long as you're doing your job. And on the other hand, though, we still see businesses just going, okay, you can come back now. Yeah, it's done. Yeah. So um, cut and chase, like, right, it's over, COVID's finished, 21st of June, want you in the office, five days a week, nine till five. Yeah. Um, and there is a big majority, I think, in the middle pondering, what the new flexibility um, would look like moving forward. Um, and it's a very varied landscape. Um, and now I guess we need to recognize that human create the most value, not when they are more efficient like machines, but when they use their judgment, experience, collaboration and imagination. Um, add to that the rise and I guess the need for automating processes because as I said you know we're not machines uh, so you, you can't just measure productivity like for like um which you know where the machines and productivity should sit the metrics should sit you have a very interesting picture so the measure moves from being productivity of machine parts to human value creation and to sort of empower that employers really need to look at given the choice um, to the individual on when, where, and how the work is done. So yeah. I, I, I know probably I'm, you know, thinking in a very futuristic sense, <laughs> but actually it is happening all over us because we are seeing automation because we keep talking about automation, but it is happening. Um, and as you remove those mundane tasks and you move them, them to automation, um, what, where, where does the human add value? Um, so, and if the human value comes from something a lot more about being human, then yeah. you need to give them that choice. You need to say, you know, you're adult enough to actually um, choose what you do, where you do, you know, because how do you then get the most out of people if yeah. you don't give them that choice? Exactly. And it's, I think a lot of people I know, my, myself included, if you give them that trust, by your, your manager, your senior leadership team, and you're given that trust to just as long as you're getting the work done within the time frame that you're set, does it really matter if you're working, you know, eight o'clock in the morning till 11 o'clock, then you have a little break because you've got, I don't know, you've got children or you, you know, you need to go out, you've got an appointment and then you're working later into the evening when the children have gone to bed. If that's, if that works for you and that's the way you work best and you're still getting the tasks in hand done, you're still, you know, collaborating with the right people when you can. To me, it's a no-brainer. You know, we, we shouldn't have that rigid working practice in place because, like you say, that's for machines. That's where, you know, the automation comes in. That's quite rigid. So the, the flexibility needs to be given to the human element to be able to do what we can when we can. And I think that's that's a sensible way to look at it. Yeah, Um I'm going to now throw you another myth, or is it a myth? Smart Ooh, working. I like this. New, right? Go on. Smart working. This okay. is a new term. It's gaining traction. Again, what is it? What's the difference between smart working, hybrid working, and flexible uh, working? Um, and I guess the what you were mentioning there in terms of, you know, structuring your work-life balance based yeah. on your own needs um i guess the smart working apparently uh, <laughs> so does say google uh is about having um 
the technology slant to it. So having that um, enablers um, with the other te technology enablement uh, to your working, which is what we find is very important, actually, that in the past year, it was, yes, you can work from home, but do you actually have the ability to work from home in terms of the, you know, the kit you use, the internet you have, and do you, can you actually connect? And I had so many colleagues in the past year that their kid were on, exactly, so, they you know. included. <laughs> Everybody on the internet, all at once, on Zoom lessons, and you're like, oh my God, my team's just crashed. <laughs> yeah, uh, so then how do you, again, deal with that? It's about having the sort of, in, having the innovative work practices so to speak that enable the okay. flexibility to a greater extent um, and it has links to the digital disruption we are seeing again it goes back to automation and using a technology to make people's lives easier but doing all of this shouldn't lead to making people's redundant but it should be able to about to it should be able ah, it should be about tapping into the human creativity there you go the word yeah to me exactly and it's it's not about taking humans out of it because it gives us a, another element to focus on so it takes away all that automation piece and it gives us the creativity to be able to do more and it, it just opens up a whole new world of, of sort of creativity collaboration it's, yeah. it's it's so important yeah but um i'm gonna be a bit controversial now of course it's also important to understand what flexible job design isn't yeah um so it's not about zero hour contracts because it's one of the ways these contracts being defended is the flexibility it provides supposedly and it's not about only being on low income low security jobs no. um statistics show that there is actually a very low number of job shares in the c-suite level which is very yeah. discouraging um, because you're thinking, okay, so if I start working flexibly in one way or another, does that put me off from being promoted or, yeah. you know, uh, furthering my career? Um, and as with everything, I guess leading with, by example is very important here. Um, so the business leader need to show that, yes, you can work flexibly and still can, can get promoted because there's a lot of the, um, what the new generation uh, once is the flexibility and even taking it a step forward but um not be just employed by their employer but have their own side business too and i think yeah. um in terms of circling back to the women aspect is that um yes flexible working is great for women but it shouldn't be only seen is for women Exactly, yeah, because in the past, flexible working has always been that stigma around uh, a woman goes off and has a baby and then they ultimately want to come back part time. And that's the old stigma that's attached to flexible working that some people and some companies just cannot let go of. But it isn't about women having babies. because not all women want to have babies. And it's not just about women. It's about. And I'm going to, sorry, interject no, there, that no, women no, do no. not have the babies on their own. So that's the exactly. interesting bit in my mind, but yeah. <laughs> no, and that's what I was going to touch on because I know some some places um, when they brought in that rule around um, men men and women could share the whole maternity-paternity thing yeah. and you could do it 50-50, not a lot of companies took that up. And I still think that's something that that's overlooked and it's always, it's that expectation on the woman 
to have the maternity leave and be off for X amount of time with the baby. But who's to say that that's the right way to do it? A man might want to, I mean, I know my husband would quite happily have stayed at home with the baby while I went off to work. So it's not just around women wanting to have babies and come back flexibly loads of people want to be able to work flexibly because touching on what you said you, you don't want to just do your job I mean like you and I are both on on the board for the ELN so that's yeah. a side sort of project that we work on so it's having that flexibility to be able to do that as well I mean I'm really lucky where I currently am now that they you know they love the fact that I'm part of the ELN because they know they can draw on that and utilize that in sort of the way we work but I know some places, you know, they're not keen on people having that side piece. They feel like it's a threat or you're going to, it's going to take away from what you're doing in your day job. So, it, it, you know, it's a bigger thing, flexibility. It's not just around what it used to be. Women goes off and has a baby and they want part-time roles. It, it's not as clear cut as that anymore. Yeah. And it's interesting because this was one of the most outlandish um, examples of flexibility um i heard of um so it's, it was through one of the videos we were doing and it was this chap he's a he's a consultant in a consultancy firm uh, as an employee but he's also a sweet potato farmer i love that yes i mean he's got <laughs> massive land he grows sweet potato like in its scale he was talking about like eight tons wow. a year yes um, also, you know, friends who use the pandemic actually as an opportunity to start their own you know, side cake business and sweet businesses yeah. while being employed full time. And there are businesses out there who would allow this. Um, I'm very lucky to be working for one of those, actually. Um, so, yes, I think the future holds other levels of flexible job design for people. Um, and I think it's because we are more and more acknowledging that work is not the center of it all no. um you can work hard and play hard too family matters other things in life matters and also the nature of work doesn't have to be something to pay the bills but can have a lot more fulfilling meaning and i guess at the end it's all about that balance yeah and everybody talks about the whole work-life balance but i think i think the key thing for me in in sort of being flexible with my work is you, you spend a lot of time working and you've got to you've got to enjoy it and if you don't enjoy it then that's when it starts to really sort of bog you down and it has an impact on everything that you do so I think I think the fact that it's starting to shape now the whole flexible job design but you know watch this space I guess I think things will start to change and get better as, as the, the world moves on in its crazy way that it is at the moment but yeah it's a definitely an interesting topic we probably could talk for hours on it though wouldn't we <laughs> yes we could um but let's um put a pause on there for now and uh it was great talking to you thank yes, you for all the always. insight yes you too <laughs> wasn't that superb I didn't want to stop this chat. The way it ebbed and flowed across so many topics that are relevant to women and that men should hear. There were, in this episode, tons of links from what Adsley and Gemma were discussing. And those links, along with their contact details, are in the show notes. Please make sure your managers and colleagues listen to this one. It's 35 minutes of common sense. 
A massive thanks to Azzy and Gemma for such a great episode. And as always, if you'd like to join in, please do get in touch. We're recording a few more episodes in the next few weeks, and the list of topics is on the website. You can find all of our contact details in the show notes. Once again, thank you for listening, and we'll see you again soon. You have been listening to the Women Talking About Learning podcast. Women Talking About Learning is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple and Google Podcasts. You'll also find us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and other music streaming services. Make sure to like and subscribe. It helps more people find us. You can find out more about Women Talking About Learning via our website, womentalkingaboutlearning.com. Make sure you tune in next time for more Women Talking About Learning. For more of the signal and none of the noise.